Alrighty, cool. So, uh, let's see. Welcome to Cat Dead. Details later. My name is Cole. I'm talking to Josh, who is in a separate location. We're recording this on what is it? The twenty third of November. Uh, no, it's the twenty uh, second. Twenty second. I thought you were. I, I honestly thought you were like way off, but that's like pretty close. Tight. Cool. Uh, either way, there is still a coronavirus, so... Yeah, it's still happening, and uh, this ain't no movie. Um, I mean, honestly, if, if it were a movie, we'd probably be experiencing some way cooler things than what we're seeing right now, but uh, this is our first attempt at a, uh, a remote recording. Let's let's see how it goes. The movie this week is Christine. I forgot the year. It's 19... I think it's like 86 or something like that. That sounds about right. It'll be on the promo, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, based off a Stephen King novel of the same name. It, it's a... Man, this is a super 80s flick. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I, I don't know why I was so excited for this movie. I, I, I think I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen it already. Yeah, you know what? This is the first time that I've ever watched it all the way through. And you having like lofty expectations for it... like. It's kind of surprising to me because you're not a car guy. You're not even especially a Stephen King guy. I know that we were both Carpenter boys, but like this one kind of just always flew or drove under the radar for me. You know, funny enough, I didn't even know that it was a John Carpenter movie. I didn't know that until we started watching or until I started watching it. Well, obviously that got me way more excited. Yeah, no shit. We love the car. Having just read the the novel version of it maybe three months ago, like I was on a big King kick. I, I've been a big Stephen King fan basically my entire life. I own ninety percent of his library in my home. Um, not his library, but the library of his books. Like <laughs> he's I, gonna want that back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I love. He's he's my favorite author. I fucking love the guy. But. Uh, this movie makes a lot of departures from the source material, but they're done in a way that is totally understandable. I'm going to say I read it in middle school. Oh, okay. So, long time ago. And from what I can recall of the book, like I actually really enjoyed the changes that they made for the movie. Yeah, I full disclosure, I watched this last night, and... I turned it on while I was in the throes of uh, accidentally eating too much of a cannabis edible. My memory of the film was a little bit foggy, but I do recall uh, several moments where I'm like, my mind just fixating on the fact that it was different from the book, and then reconciling that this was a change that was for the better for making a movie. It's totally uh, warranted, and I think that it made for a way better movie. Oh man, and it made for such a good John Carpenter film. Like, there are a couple scenes really... where. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, he just put so much of his own flavor in there that didn't come out the way I hoped it would. Oh no, it, it is seasoned <laughs> with a lot of that, like uh, the Carpenter's secret spice. You'll probably have better recollection of the actual book. I thought I would, but I don't know, last night it was. <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway, we'll see how it goes. The the only real big change that I can think of is in the movie, it seems like Christine's just evil from the point in which she's manufactured. Right. 
And in the book, I'm pretty sure she's like a cursed car from the first owner. Nope. Uh, nope. Oh. That that actually they got right. She was off the lot. She was uh she was a bad bad girl. Oh dang. Okay, cool. No then the, that's uh as as we go as we progress through the story, which I'm gonna let you take the lead on because hey as we go through it, the the parts that I recall being totally different, I will uh pipe up and, and, and show the comparison. Cool. Because there are a few of those that like stick out really strongly in my mind. I, yeah, I can't think of a lot. So yeah, like let me know when they happen. I, I I really enjoy like the whole opening scene in the building where the cars are being manufactured initially in the factory. Yeah, and like she slams her hood. Yeah, on the down, guy's fingers. The, guy's the next guy who like hops inside and starts caressing the wheel. He like throws a cigar down on the seat. And I don't even think that they show how he dies. They just open up the door later on like oh my god <laughs> yeah that uh it's one of the it's w w the first departure from the book where you don't really get a lot of detail and you will not get a lot of detail as we go through this like christine is a bad car and uh that's that the way that this film plays out i really think there are a few people aside from john carpenter that could have kept my attention with like it, it's very very it's like an exceptionally good b movie in the sense of like yeah like not a lot of explanation there's there's no science to this it's just a concept that's really in my opinion really well executed like i i really enjoyed this totally and there are elements that would definitely stay with you especially if you watch this if you were 14 and you watched christine and the idea of Okay, there are a few scenes that we get to where Christine is, like, chasing people down. And the idea of a car chasing you down while you're on foot is actually terrifying. And that's one of the things, like, in the book that was also terrifying was just, like, this raw steel animal energy coming at you and not being able to do anything about it. Like, you can try and run away, but she she just keeps coming, man. Yeah. Oh, and, like, they did, they did such a good job of giving the car a personality hell yeah and like it, like it, it's just so violent and aggressive and like this is jumping way ahead because I'm, I'm not gonna try too hard to like re re redo the whole plot here just because it's it's an evil car that yeah killed um but one, one of the the like goons from high school like the the, the heavier fellow oh the fat boy um, sure... moochie yeah, like so, I'm pretty sure that's the first dude that gets God. Yeah, he also that... looks like we have the exact same body type. <laughs> <laughs> I have never related more to a character in a film. I don't think, just at least physically, like I know what it's like to try and run with that kind of body. But when he runs into that like little loading bay, and he thinks he's and okay. The car... Yeah, because like the car is too wide. That's such a cool scene where she's just like yeah. forcing herself in, and like the sides are getting all gnarled up. And yeah, like, dude. It, it's that, that's also like a transition to a really low budget vibe, where he's just kind of like doing the stand with his hands up, like <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I mean, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what else are you gonna do? There's no getting out of there. Uh, uh, but, but the back yeah, yeah, let's go um, through the actual story here. 
a little bit. Yeah, try, try to get like a little bit of a, a groundwork laid. So uh, Arnie is a young, like nerdy, very cliche, I guess. Uh, is, is, is a Melvin a term? Like a, like a book boy? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if a Melvin is a term, but I do know that he is a Melvin. Like if I had to, if I, I had to assign I, I him a name, yeah. like... I've, I've, I've heard it in South Park as an expression. That's that's all I've got. Uh, and his buddy, Dennis? Yeah, Dennis. Um, I, I want to say Miller, but I know that's not right. It, yeah, either way, like he's a very cliche, like jock, yeah. uh, like sports type kid. So they're a, they're a real sitcom pairing. Yeah, it's an odd couple, but you like they've been what you don't really get from the film, but which is laid down explicitly in the book is that they're lifelong friends and that Dennis has always looked out for Arnie and he's kind of the only guy who gets Arnie's sense of humor. Uh, and he know like he loves Arnie. Arnie is like the funniest guy that he knows and people don't really ever give Arnie a chance because he's socially awkward. And in the book, he's way uglier than he appears in the film because of course they can't actually put an uggo on screen. And one of the things I know it's, it's such a stupid thing to be a stickler about, but in the book, um, Arnie has terrible acne, which contributes to his um, feelings of inferiority and knowing that he's ugly and all of this shit. And also the transition in him that we see uh, with his relationship with Christine, um, that acne goes away as part mm -hmm. of his transition into being a quote-unquote cool guy. So that's one thing you don't get in the film that I think would have been a pretty easy thing for them to have done, was to, like, just give him fake acne and then let that go away gradually as that progresses. And they didn't do that. And I think that that was just... It's a it's an, it's a really easy way to show that transition that they, that they kind of missed out on. I also feel like if anyone could have pulled it off... Like, John Carpenter is usually pretty good with practical effects. Hell yeah, dude. So that, who knows? Uh, but I, I do think in the 80s it was kind of a cliche that you would pick a classically attractive human and then try to make them look... Well, of course you do that because it's impossible to make a real nerd into like a sex symbol within the, the time frame of <laughs> shooting a film. <laughs> like... All right, buddy, so... Uh... You gotta hit the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Especially back then, like, you don't even know what the gym is, really. Like, what are you gonna do? Pull some elastic bands and go for a run with short shorts on? Like, I, that's my estimation of a 1980s gym. You, you can tell he's fairly short. Yeah. But aside from that, like, I don't know, he's, he seems like a nice enough looking young man, so... He's short and he has glasses, therefore he is a nerd. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, and then you get that scene. You get that scene where they're in school, and he's trying to open his locker, and then Dennis, his cool friend, comes up and just does the Fonzie like, punches the locker and it opens, and he's like, oh, "Man, Dennis is so cool." Also, I was gonna say, I, th I thought that they did a pretty good job of like, so uh, setting up like that they were lifelong friends. Maybe they could have done a bit of a better job, but I, I got the vibe. Okay, that's good. good. Hey, that's good that that came through. I think the, um, the, the scene that really, like, made me regretful of of the job, like, how they established the relationships here is um, 
later on when when Artie has this like full on blowout argument with his mom. Like again, these mm. are these are changes that like stuck with me while I was watching it, but in hindsight I realized they couldn't have really established this that well in the movie unless they wanted to make it like three hours long. But For sure. again in the book, like the relationship between Artie and his parents is so much more developed and then when Arnie's mom is like attacking Dennis for not talking him out of buying Christine. Like, uh, I have a different frame of reference because I read the book, but if you're just watching it, you just like, she's just a bitchy mom. But in, in the book, you get like a way more nuanced look at who she is as a character. I think with Stephen King, very often, it's, uh, the books and the movies are never remote well i shouldn't say remotely but they're they're never the same product right like there's i will say that this is like one of the better adaptations that i've ever seen of his work yeah uh i usually really don't like stephen king film adaptations same i think pet cemetery and christine are two two of the best i mean the shining of course is an amazing film but as far as an adaptation goes it's not very good yeah, yeah like i uh i like the shining film as its own exactly they're they're totally Uh, their own things and i I would actually go as far as to say that's the same with the mist yeah um but yeah i i really like this uh adaptation and and i like the yeah like i'm I'm pretty sure it's an hour and a half it's a perfect length yeah cool 90 minutes i didn't feel as though any screen time was wasted like Mm -hmm. the pacing was dynamite hell yeah they establish that Arnie is bullied quite regularly. I, I can't remember like what this one dude's name is with the sideburns. Oh, Buddy Repperton. Wow, man. Okay, they... can, can we just go ahead and say that that actor was like 40 years old playing this <laughs> high school student? Like, like okay, little sidetrack here. Uh, when I lived in New Brunswick for 364 days of my life, uh, I dealt with some school bullies, one of whom... I'm not going to say his name because he might be a real person still. He might be dead for all I know. Fuck that guy. Anyway, he was in my grade 9 French class, but he was supposed to be in grade 12. So he was like a couple of years older than us, and he was noticeably older. But he still didn't look 40. This dude is straight up a grown-ass man playing... Like, most of the people in this film are clearly adults. You know? The only guy who looks like a kid is the fat guy, but that's just because he's a fat guy, and fat people look young. I'm just, I'm, I'm so glad that that's the first thing that you said because as soon as this guy's on screen, you're like, that's not a kid, man. Yeah, no, that's he's older than the teacher. Like, oh, how did you get in here? Where's your visitor's pass? Yeah, he's like here to pick up his kid yeah. and just decide to bully some nerd on his way to do it. Uh, hey, you know the '80s were a different time, man. Actually, it's set in 1978, so it's even more of a different time. I, I, I gotta be honest, I really miss seeing that type of stuff, especially in these types of horror movies, like that sleepaway camp style, where you get those counselors who are clearly like grown ass people playing like a 15, 16 year old person. Yeah, like it, it's it just works. It's a, it's always good for a laugh. I love it. Uh, and I I think that there's a bit of talk between Arnie and Dennis. 
just because so, you know he uh, Dennis tries like sticking up for him. The the the, the whole thing's kind of like embarrassing for both of them. Uh, but when they're leaving school after he gets bullied, that's when they they see the car and like that thing didn't look remotely close to being capable of running not at all and i will interject here really quickly um this is another change from the book where this scene that they get in school happens Mm -hmm. after arnie's already gotten the car and already started working on it oh really they they change the order of it here but uh it were again it works for the film i think that whoever wrote the screenplay it would be it would behoove us to actually look these info these details up but uh fuck it it's COVID. Um, that, that was a stupid, not funny joke. Um, I think that the changes that they did make uh, really worked for turning this into a small film. Yes. Because this uh, also like, isn't the kind of story that you want to spend three and three and a half hours watching. No. I, 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 uh, but I was going to say, like, it, it's interesting that you say that the order was changed because I kind of thought that his whole compulsion to buy the car was somewhat due to the fact that he was just bullied and like embarrassed in front of his friends. So he's trying to do something that's like in his control, right? Which which is actually like the motivation in the book as well. So it's nice that that came across. Even this old dude shows him that the car starts. Man. That's a that's a car that's just in rough shape. Yeah, it is mostly rust. It, it it's just rust, like every component's broken. I uh, I wonder how many versions of the car they used. That would be an interesting this. thing to look up. But either way, like it's a in my opinion, it's a, like the actual car when it's all fixed up. Like it's a that's a nice looking vehicle. Yeah, you know, I never like even reading the book. Like I could never understand Arnie's fascination with this car. Like, to me, it never looked that cool until Christine is, like, in mint shape. And then I was putting myself in the shoes of a guy driving that in high school. Like, that car is cool as shit, dude. Like, that, that's oh, a rad car. Oh, and, like, oh, that, that, that shade of red. I think, is... it's, I think it's supposed to be a 1956 Plymouth Fury. Oh, it's a cool, cool car model. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Like so, he, so I guess uh, I guess he sees the potential in this car, but like looking at it in its current state, and I, like this is the whole scene where Dennis is trying to talk him out of buying it. He even tries to talk to the old man to get him to like not sell this car to his friend because he's clearly taking advantage of him. Because two hundred fifty dollars for that car now would probably be a great deal, but in nineteen seventy eight, that's like dropping two grand on a pile of rust. Yeah, that, that seemed like a lot of money mm-hmm. when I was like playing around in my head. I was like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the exact like uh, conversion rate is, but I assume it's like around ten times. Yeah, I, I do think a lot of it must be due to the fact that Arnie just like is a confident that he could fix this car, and B just like needs something that he's focused on. That's another little doing. detail that comes from the book where. Dennis basically you get most of the book from Dennis's perspective and Artie has never really been good at anything other than being funny and he's some some strange knack for working on cars. Yeah. Like that that's but I don't think they they really explicitly state that in the film but like there's a reason that he fixates on this cars because he like 
knows that he's good at fixing cars. Yeah, and it, it seems like they kind of very gently implied that somewhat. If you want to be charitable. Yeah, like it for for such a a film with such a B movie vibe, it doesn't spoon much to you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a weird mix. Like, There's not a lot of like... exposition. It's just like this is a thing and you are just gonna deal with it. You yeah. know, it's not gonna get explained to you and you can go fuck yourself. Which isn't like uh part in the wording, but like you're you're really just along for the ride. <laughs> and like, like oh, man, like th- th- this would be a perfect drive in horror flick. Hell yeah, especially because you have to drive home afterward. Yeah. yeah, and like, actually, it was something that you were saying earlier. I, th- I think it's just if you had seen this as a teenager, I do like it's the uh, it's that type of horror that is making a day to day thing scary. Because you know, a classic one is like going to sleep. Yeah. If a movie can make you scared to go to bed, like you're you're in a sticky situation. Hell yeah. And like, yeah, man, as a kid, just the thought of watching this. Like the night before your parents drive you to school, yeah, yeah I think I'll walk. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm okay. Like, and also, even even so, even so, like just thinking about the idea of a car being conscious, even if it wasn't malevolent, like it's still pretty terrifying that it can like that it has autonomy. Mm-hmm. It really puts in perspective the fact that we drive around two thousand pound death machines all day, every day. Yeah, like th- this film is, I would almost go as far as to say it would be a good educational video before you get your license, just to show what a car could do. <laughs> <laughs> your car could come to life and kill a bunch of teenagers or forty year olds. Oh, be aware. My God. And it, it, yeah, I don't know. Those those chase scenes are scary, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I also love that the the windows are tinted, so you never have confirmation if anyone's actually behind the wheel. Totally. And, oh, also, just like the there's a few shots where you just get the headlights. I, oh. oh yeah, there's one where um, that Moochie kid is running away and he thinks he's gotten away, and then you just see the headlights blare on at the end of the road they're out of focus but it's just enough to know like fuck the car found him again Um, but i think we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit we just started talking about the bullies and then went off on a bit of a tangent i think we're we're still in that bully scene we haven't really talked about that yeah i I, i'm trying to remember what exactly happens with the bully scene it's they like he, he steals his lunch or something yeah so we through the eyes of Dennis, um, he's supposed to meet Artie for lunch, I think, and he asks uh, just another classmate, like, have you seen him? And he's like, yeah, I think he's down in the shop with Buddy Repperton and the guys, or whatever. So he's like, oh, fuck, I gotta... He, he knows that this guy's a super bully. And he is a super bully. Like, <laughs> this guy scares the piss out of me. He actually reminds me a lot of my high school bully, now that I think about it. Uh yeah. So Dennis runs downstairs and sees uh, Arnie trying to get his lunch back from this leather jacket wearing, sideburn wielding, long haired, looking badass forty year old man uh, in a circle of a bunch of other dudes. And uh, it's like you know that classic seventies eighties bully scene where the bully's keeping the the thing away from the dude and. 
he's trying to get it back and he can't because he's a wimp and he does try and stick up for himself a little bit but that doesn't really work and then this bully pulls out a nut a switchblade which is like not a real tough guy thing to do you're already clearly like physically more strong than this guy not really a time to pull out a, a knife yeah that was a that was really unnecessary <laughs> yeah he's a real jerk i tell you that did is it just like the, the teacher breaks it up well yeah dennis up... runs downstairs and tells one of... sorry go ahead no like that's that's all i had really it's just dennis like tries to stop it before their i guess professor comes down like the shop professor oh. <laughs> 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 professor <Yeah>. engine oil <laughs> <laughs> hello children uh i mean this teacher looks pretty rad but uh no dennis runs downstairs and, and like tells another kid to go and get the teacher i think after buddy pulls the knife out yeah teacher comes down knife goes away this is after he has he still has arnie's lunch and i think he does some wisecrack one-liner here that i can't really recall but he stabs his lunch, and it just starts gushing this white liquid, which I assume is supposed to be yogurt. Maybe it's milk. I don't really know, but... I kind of hope it's yogurt, because I don't remember it being that liquid. Well, I remember it being extremely liquid. There's a lot in there. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the teacher does look... This really dates the movie, because he gets his hands right on this Oh, guy. yo, I love that. So... Buddy, the teacher tells him to, I think he basically is like telling him to fuck off, kind of. Like, you boys go up to the office, and then Buddy starts talking back to him, and he gets his hands right against, like, grips him in his shirt, and like, does he slam him against a wall? Or is shaking him. Yeah. And honestly, I think that we could use a little bit more of that in today's day and age. <laughs> well, especially if you got a 40-year-old in your <laughs> Yeah, okay, man, I promise I won't touch the kids. Yeah. That you? I got a straight-up adult <laughs> in here that's, like, assaulting my children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I, I think he ends up, like, getting this guy expelled or something, because he ends up getting him to reveal that he has a switchblade yeah he's uh uh oh yeah dennis um when the teacher comes down and things are calming down a little bit he's like yeah this dude has a knife and then buddy proclaims that's a fucking lie and then the teacher asks uh arnie our nerd friend and he's looking downcast and he's you can clearly tell he's weighing whether or not to like rat this dude out or to just like hide it because he doesn't want to deal with it anymore but like at the end of the day he says yeah yeah he pulled a knife on me so the teacher gets him to empty the pockets and the knife falls on the floor and immediately switches open oh. um oh yeah <laughs> uh i think he tells him to get up to the office and then buddy says more or less fuck you and now he's no longer in school which pretty much follows the book uh he gets expelled and uh, that does not make him less angry. <laughs> I did like that where he, like, at the, towards the end of this scene, he, uh, as he's leaving, he just, like, quickly turns and smashes his fist beside Arnie against the garage door. 
And I think he says something like, I will end you, or... Do you remember what he says there? That, that sounds right. End or break, or one of those words that would yeah. make you pretty scared if you were built like Arnie. <laughs> yeah, this 40-year-old man is going to take you to town. <laughs> and not in a fun way. <laughs> oh, yeah, the... Oh, it, it's such a... I don't want to say fun, but it's a fun exchange <laughs> to watch just due to how absurd it is. Like, yeah. man, what's your deal? Like, like a go find a cat to kick or something. Now, you know what we never get? We never get the perspective of him from his house. You know that his old man is probably an alcoholic, abusive piece of shit because his in old every... man's probably dead. Well, in every Stephen King story, the bully is bullying for a reason. And you know, the old adage that hurt people hurt people, you know? What's going on in Buddy's life? We don't care, because he's just, he's the villain. He's an asshole. Oh man, I'm always hoping that these people have like a, like a Scrooge type moment down the road. If they're not dead, which in Stephen King books they <laughs> usually are, like, you know. Uh, oh, like, he, I hope that your high school boy is, uh, you know, like he's, he's had, a, had a change of heart. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, fuck. Uh, anyways, the, like the the post school bit when they end up uh, having like the whole exchange with Arnie buying the car. That old dude, like, where where did they find that? I I I almost want to go as far as to say like this is one of those roles where I feel like they didn't necessarily look for an actor. They just tried to find an old man. They happened to they, they 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 tried to find an old man that was selling a car and just asked if they could film the exchange because like <laughs> now this is I think this okay this is the second last time I'm really gonna gripe with a change from the book yes this dude was old yes he was wearing a back brace uh, but in the book he is so much more of a piece of shit. Uh, and I don't really think that they did his character justice because they didn't have the time for it. Because what we... I'm going to jump ahead a little bit more, and of course we're going to be spoiling everything about this movie, so you, you should have already seen it, you friggin' creeps. Um, but when he... He's selling the, the car for his brother. Now in the book, it's actually... He sells the car and he dies. And then... Dennis gets all of the information from this dude's brother and we find out how much of a real piece of shit this guy is. But anyway. Damn, I gotta gotta reread the book because I, I totally oh, remembered it completely different. I fully had no expectations going into the book. I thought it was going to be actually pretty boring because I'm like, oh, killer car, that's kind of dumb. But it is fucking rad, dude. It is a sick read. In any case, this dude who's selling the car in the book is the owner of the car and he is so much more of a piece of shit. He smells like piss. He's like just so much more vulgar and and antagonistic. Uh, I don't really have anything more to say about him. That's just one of the changes that was like pretty significant. But I do understand why they made the change. Because the, trying to weasel in the whole funeral scene for him... The interactions of Dennis and his estranged brother, 
back and forth like this it would have taken up like 40 minutes of the film and it would have devoted way too much to like i i think what i'm trying to say is that this change that they made is actually perfect for a film adaptation it's totally different oh, yeah. from, it's totally different from the book but you still get the same points across it it works yeah like for the film it just worked mm-hmm. so well and i love this type of character because I found that he, he's very akin to like that uh, the creepy type of character you'd see in another '80s film, where like they only make one appearance, where like they uh, they're a real estate agent, they hand off the keys, and like the last minute, like the, the the new buyers are like, hey man, like why was it so cheap anyway? And he's like, oh well, it's haunted, and then he gets into his car. <laughs> like, he, he's just there to be creepy. You signed on the line, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I really hope that audio is not fucking like super loud. Eh, whatever. Yeah, let's really mute it. Yeah. But like, yeah, you, you can just see this guy chewing his teeth the whole time. And, like... and honestly, uh, like visually, he is a perfect like rusty old man. Oh yeah, yeah. He was built to uh... be that car's owner. The. Uh... The, the, this is pretty shortly after too because Arnie almost immediately has to take it to a garage because his mm-hmm. parents won't let him keep the car at the house the dude that runs the shop like another perfect pick for uh, oh, yeah. like, uh, his name's Will Darnell is the character okay and like I, I feel like they, they're almost trying to give the vibe off the bat, that like he's got a rough exterior, but he's a softy when you get to know him. But not at all. Like like he's just uh, he's he's an old school like whiskey drinking dude. Honestly, they made him out to be a better person in the film than he is in the book. But like you still get the same kind of sense that he's in it for himself and that he is kind of taking advantage of Arnie a little bit, especially at the start. Uh, but like there's that scene after he sees Christine getting fixed up where he's like, Oh, maybe I misjudged you. And he kind of opens up to Arnie a little bit in the book. That's way they don't really in the, in the film, they don't really establish like how deep in with Will Darnell that Arnie gets. But in the book, it's established that Darnell is into a lot of, uh, like illegal activity and shit like that. And Arnie, starts doing like jobs for him and we do see a little bit of that in the film but we don't really get the gravity of it but in the book he's doing like i think he's like going up and running like illegal cigarettes and like maybe like dope money and stuff like that but you don't really like get the full scope of what's happening with their relationship yeah they they kind of stop at just making sure that you're where he's a greasy dude yeah and he is that oh yeah but I oh yeah I think I think the best character that they got like the the best adaptation from character to character like from book to film is Dennis. Like he is perfect in this movie. Yeah. I I can't yeah, I don't I don't know any of the actors names but no, me either. Yeah. And it, it seems like the cuz you were saying the books more from his point of view. Oh yeah. This this one kind of juggles it seems. Yeah, I'd say so. Like, because I feel like in the first half, you're almost seeing it more through Arnie's eyes, mm-hmm. and then it transitions to Dennis later on. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, in uh, the book, if memory serves, like, it actually jumps perspective, like, between characters, but it's mostly from Dennis's perspective. Um, Lee. Lee, Lee Cabot, yeah. I, uh, um, I hated this casting. Oh, really? Dude. Okay, th- th- okay, so I said that there were two main gripes that I had with this film. We've already mm-hmm. gone over one of them. The only other main gripe that I have is the casting that they've done for Lee. Because she is supposed to be, first of all, she's supposed to be blonde. Which usually isn't like a huge deal if they make someone a different hair color, like whatever. But her personality is so completely different from who she is in the book. Like in the book, she is outgoing, outspoken. She is super intelligent. She is super beautiful. But she is so much more like in command of herself and she's so much more of a powerful character and in this they kind of reduced her especially uh, they basically for 90 percent of her scenes they reduced her to like you know like she's just so soft-spoken so like she had no gumption at all yeah, I thought she got a little bit more near the end, but I, I know what you're saying. Because, yeah, I, I definitely thought earlier on, way too quiet. Uh, I don't know. I, I felt that they captured, like, a few good things just because, like, especially for an 80s film, I still felt like she was a very atypical female character, mainly in the sense, of, like, she's pretty firm on, like, rejecting all these dudes' advances. Yeah. She's not swooning over anyone. She's like super focused on her studies. Yeah, like, which I'm sure gave you a boner. <laughs> Which I Wow, you have a really good work ethic, there, girl. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, but <laughs> she. I don't know. I, I thought that they they did do a good job of at least kind of uh, giving a good implication as to like the type of person she is, and like she actually has her own values, like. She she has interests of her own. She's not just like chasing dudes. I guess I keep I keep forgetting that I'm also like I was hypercritical because I mean, I was incredibly stoned. So I was just every single detail I was focusing on and being like, this isn't the same. <laughs> so like anything, they may have done a better job of of the of the transition than I'm than I'm actually aware of. Well, and, like, don't get me wrong, it's still a female character in the 80s. So so they definitely put her uh, in the in the backseat still. Yeah. I just think that for the time in which it was made, they, they did a pretty good job of, like, actually creating some character. Sure. Uh, and, and I found nearly later half of the film. She, uh... she really comes into her own mouth yeah. at the end of the, towards the end of the film. We haven't even talked about the fact that the only actor that I can name out of this entire film is Kelly Preston. Uh, who looks really, really good, and I think she maybe has one line, and it's just to say hi, Dennis, at the at the start. Like, <laughs> what what happens with her? They <laughs> also they don't. Okay, so I'm sure that they're expecting the people who were watching this in the '80s to have read the book and being like, "Oh, let's go see this movie." So this chick is actually Dennis's girlfriend. Uh, that doesn't happen in the film, but she like he and he and she she and he he and her. The two of them have a relationship, <laughs> and uh, and he breaks it off with her, and then starts a relationship with Lee after she breaks up with Arnie. But like, 
it's a classic like cheerleader football player relationship kind of deal like two mm. hot two hot popular people getting it on um but we don't really get that from from kelly preston all we get is this hot chick who looks at dennis a couple times and then that's it yeah, I, I thought it was kind of like it's great for comedy, but the her role in this movie is it, it reminded me of there, there's an episode of The Simpsons where they they had this weird on running gag where people kept or not, not people kids specifically being Bart and Lisa kept asking Marge if they could like have a cookie or a bag of chips, and she'd always reply with like you know like yeah after you finish your Sunday. And they'd very begrudgingly like, okay, and like start like forcing this delicious looking dessert down their throat. Man, I gotta be honest, I think you might have dreamed this scene. That doesn't sound like a real Simpsons episode. Uh, if, if it's not, then I... E- either way, it's still to my point. It's just like, he's, he's got this girl that like, he just... They, they don't explain like he has zero interest in even talking to her. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. And he like looks over her shoulder. In the library? At- yeah, and then like she'll look like hi, Dennis, and he just walks past. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, like it it had like a whiff of Wayne's World, like with Stacy like being like hi, Wayne, and him mm. just like not even remotely being interested. Um, I did actually in this in this library scene, I did really like uh, as he's trying as Dennis is trying to hit on and ask uh, Lee out on a date. Um, the librarian or the, the teacher or the librarian is like, like interrupts him and is like, don't you have some work to do Dennis? And like gets him away. Like that's good for the teacher to like step in and stop a man from harassing a young girl, you know, like it's nice to see because I, I, I don't know. That was just a detail that popped out to me. It was good to see a teacher standing up for a, a young woman. And like helping yeah. her out of that situation. Yeah, it's uh, they 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 don't make them like that these days. No, I feel like you you and I had this as well. But like teachers back in the day were always like these like eighty year olds. <laughs> like <laughs> they're like the Skeksis. <laughs> yeah. Like they, what they, are you they, doing, Basarava? <laughs> they they. Like if you yeah, if very, you tried very, to get up from your seat to, in the middle of class to go talk to a chick, like your teacher is not gonna let you do that. Hell no! And like <laughs> nowadays, I feel like the teachers that I see are the chicks that these guys are hitting on. <laughs> like man, what the hell? <laughs> Where were all these like freaking? Yo, okay, uh, like... it is nuts how hot teachers are now. Like we. Why did we have all these old bags? That being said, like I have a bunch of friends who are teachers now. One of one in particular who is like a complete and total babe. And just thinking of like being a high school student and having her as a teacher would be insane. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just a it's a bizarre. Maybe it's because we're adults now. Like I don't know. Maybe these. I don't know, man. I feel like my teachers were all over fifty, like at the bare minimum. I don't remember having a single teacher that looked. No, I've. I've I never had any hot teachers. I do remember seeing a couple, and usually they taught French. French. Usually they taught French. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And that's it. And uh, all the rest of them uh, were cretins, but they were full of a lot of knowledge, and I definitely learned a lot in school. 
we have some we have some pretty foxy camps if i remember correctly oh like, yeah they, dude they, they for like a week or so just so you can you get to know them and then they that... then they leave <laughs> <laughs> we love substitute teachers in this house uh anyways though <laughs> we, do, like, we, we basically just watch arnie like his his mental state and like his his mental state deteriorates as he his physical appearance is like somewhat polished up. They they take off his glasses and give him a a cool jacket. Yeah, they give him a cool jacket and like a pompadour uh, haircut. Yeah, and and his uh, attitude completely changes from being. Uh, I actually, you know what? I will say that like this actor did a good job of um, playing that downtrodden. Um, super like sort of desperate and and sad person into immediately becoming a giant dickhole like he played that transition perfectly yeah uh i would go as far as to say like as far as horror elements go like you, this yeah for adults this is not a scary movie however it, you know it, it depends right like I, sure. I i didn't jump out of my seat uh but the, I felt it was just such a real feeling. Um, the some of the discussions between Dennis and Arnie later in the film, where it's like he doesn't recognize his friend, and it's not for the better, and it's just heartbreaking. But it, it's it's also genuinely scary. It's scary. Like, it's sad. It's like actually, unfortunately, really relatable. Like, yeah, I, like, I've seen this happen with my friends where you were best friends and they have become someone you don't recognize. Yeah, because there's, there's a scene later in the film where, you know, like, he picks him up to go for a drive. And he's, like, flooring it. He's just laying on the gas. He's drinking while driving. He is being super disrespectful to his girlfriend. Like, he's just... There, there's no redeeming qualities at this point and it just like i felt like i was in that passenger seat because like at the beginning of the film you're looking out for this guy yeah he's one like, of us he he we are that nerd like we are the guy who is funny and not well i mean you're attractive but like you you grow up like you know it's i i'm going to try to hesitate from responding by saying that you're attractive as well <laughs> it's just going to like be this back and forth both Cole and I are heterosexual men um, who are, you know, we just, we could tell that each other are attractive and this is fine. This is probably get cut anyway. Um, all I'm <laughs> saying, I don't, I don't remember what I was saying. It's gone now. I am, I'm too sidetracked. Yeah, you think you were calling Arnie hot or something? No, no. I was saying we understand what it's like to grow up feeling unattractive and feeling mm -hmm. Uh, misplaced like most people who like horror movies are probably freaks like us who had alternative means of making friends alternative means of, of expressing ourselves like we are not uh, the football kid we are not cheerleaders well I mean we sound like cheerleaders right now like I stop me I don't know what's happening join the cheer team <laughs> honestly like, thinking about it now like yeah you get to put your hand on all those cool butts like fuck yeah <laughs> i mean hot butts not cool butts hey <laughs> hey baby you got a cool butt 
Oh man, I, I, like... I might actually try and use that line. Hey, baby, you got a cool butt. I mean, if it works, you know she's a keeper. I, uh, I was gonna say, like, unfortunately, I think not only was I very much like Arnie when I was younger, but I was basically just like Arnie, but I couldn't fix a car. <laughs> Yeah, but you could you could you could read a mean book. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man! When hey, was... hey, it all worked out though. Now we do cool art and stuff. Like that's fun. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah it was. Uh, on that note too, like watching him fix up that car, like it's they they did such such a cool. They they showed the car at the right stages because I think that there's only really one in between. Yeah, there the there's rust bucket. There is halfway where, honestly, if you were a less discerning viewer, there's that scene. Okay, so the first time we see the windshield, it has a giant crack in it, an obviously giant crack in like basically taking up the entire uh, passenger side of the window. And then as he's working on it, the next time we see that windshield, that crack is significantly smaller. But it's almost one of those details, like a background detail that never gets pointed out. So if you weren't looking out for it or you didn't know that that was going to happen to the windshield, you wouldn't even see it. But it's one of those things that just like points to the, the car healing itself kind of thing. Because you can't just suck a window crack back to being smaller. <laughs> you can't just suck it. You kids always try to suck all your problems away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh yeah, you can't suck a window problem away is what I want you guys to take away from this episode. Uh, yeah. Cool. I think that about wraps it up. <laughs> <laughs> so we got an Instagram, it's uh CDDL pod at uh Instagram.com. Um alright. Where are we? Yeah, the the like I feel like at this point it's kind of worth just jumping around to yeah know. let's let's just bobble around. Um, one thing I'd really like to say before I forget is yeah. there is, you know what this might happen after the bullies destroy the car, so I want to save it if we get to that. Yeah, I was personally going to bring up that exact. Well, let's event. do that right now then, and then I'll and then I'll talk about the thing I want to talk about. Man, like this is not the car. To, to, like, factory new. Yeah. It, it looks off the lot. Uh, we do get a nice scene with... Well, I guess it's not a nice scene, but th there's a scene where he's at the drive-in with Lee. Right. And, like, the, oh, man, the car looks mint. The way that the radio looks... The green light? Yeah. That's got some Tommyknockers energy. I don't know if you ever read that one, but... Like, for, for, for me, it was really just Fallout vibes. Oh, fair enough. But, yeah, that's got some real, like, Pip-Boy uh, yeah. aesthetic. It, it just, and, you know, you know it's, it just plays the old-timey music. Yeah, you love that shit. Oh, yeah. Like, th th this this was doing a lot for me. Speaking of music, uh, we, didn't even, we didn't even mention the fact that this movie opens with Bad to the Bone. Yeah. Which at this point in our lives has become such a fucking joke of a song. Like it is so extremely cliched, but I wonder if in 1986, this song would have been the perfect 
thing to use for that scene. I wonder it. Ban. I like I. I <laughs> and the thing is, like, I enjoy it for pure comedy. I've I've never enjoyed the song. Like even when I was a kid, um, it's it's in Terminator Two. And after, like, I, I remember the, the the first Terminator movie changed my life. I have wanted a robotic limb since I was eight years old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't wait to lose that left arm, hey? As soon as the technology's there, lefty's coming off. Yo, uh, dude, I'm pretty sure we're there. Time to pay up. We're getting really close. <laughs> but I just remember that song playing. I'm like, yeah, it, it is. It, it now very gimmicky and I, I do wonder how it felt for the average viewer when it was in theaters yeah it, I, not, I do i do wonder like how that song came off to the first the people who heard it for the first time like for the first five years of its existence because it's kind of it's it's one of those songs that has been around our entire life like the type of song that dvda would make yeah in response to, like actual music <laughs> I, 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 oh, yeah, Trey Parker would do a wicked vocal cover of that. Fuck yeah. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> we don't, we don't, was, anyway. We're, we're, we're so far off, but either way, like, the, the car looks amazing. Yeah. And uh, they go to the, uh, uh, Arnie and Lee go to, uh, Dennis's football game. Oh, right, right, because this is where he gets, gets crypt. Yeah. Um, because I think someone's asking Dennis about Lee, like if he if he got the date. Well, yeah, he tried to get a date with her, and she said, "Sorry, I already have a date." And he's mm -hmm. like, "Oh shit, what the fuck? I'm like the football guy. Like you, you should be. What's going on with that?" And he has no idea, and and Arnie hasn't told him. And then he sees them together at the football game, the big football match. I'm not sure if you know how this works. I mean, I throw the football pretty fast <laughs> and pretty far, man. <laughs> <laughs> what's the point <laughs> yo I wouldn't be throwing this football around if I didn't think it would get me some hot piece of ass you can really hear the record scratch like he, he was not ready for a no I'm sorry I already have a date I'm the guy luckily he seems like a pretty decent fellow but uh no Dennis is, Dennis is the, the, the man he is so rad oh yeah he's rad He's like a uh, cool football guy, but he also has a heart of gold and cares about his nerdy friend. Like an actual cool dude. Yeah, like a like a real cool human person with values yeah. and morals. Uh, <laughs> I don't know sports. So, like, like, what's his position? Um, if memory serves, he is a running back, which, uh, as an astute football. Uh, as an astute American football uh, uh, consumer, um, let's go Buffalo, a big Bills fan over here. Um, that is a, it, it's an incredibly difficult position that is uh, extremely important for the team, but criminally undervalued as far as like monetary, monetary compensation goes, because the risk of injury is so incredibly high for that position. Because you are trying to essentially the job is uh, the football is given to you and you have to try and run through everybody 
and you are getting tackled more. Excuse me. A running back is going to get tackled far more than any other player. Yeah, that looks scary as hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, most... Like, there are few... There are a few exceptions. Um, current NFL running backs that have, like, gone beyond... Like, gone far beyond a five-year career are people like Adrian Peterson, uh, Frank Gore, and uh, uh, players like that where, like, they've been playing for over a decade. Uh, Peterson might be around a decade, but Frank Gore has been playing, I think, my entire life. Not not actually, but you, you get the point. Uh, but what's, typically... that, what's Tom Brady's position? Pardon me? What's Tom Brady's position? He's a quarterback. Oh, Okay. Which is, especially with the new rules of the NFL, is a lot easier to maintain longevity. It's still, like, no matter what your position is, it's still dangerous. People get hurt all the time. Mm. But, like, the running back is a specific position where you get hurt very quickly. Like, average lifespan of, like, a good running back and, like, being productive is probably five years in the NFL at most. And that's after playing your entire life to get there. It's Yeah, it seems like your job is to get tackled. Basically. <laughs> Happens to Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it sure does, because he gets distracted uh, while watching Arnie make out with this chick that turned him down uh, on the hood of Christine, and then he gets smoked. And I'm, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure in the book he, like, breaks his leg or something like that, but I, it's probably, like, an ACL tear or something or something to that effect. Oh, yeah, the uh, ACL tears are just... <laughs> <laughs> oh that makes me that just chaps everything hey man thank you for coming with me on that ride it's nice to hear you talking about sports yeah yeah it's uh pretty cool you know maybe uh maybe sports ain't so bad after all maybe, maybe you and i can go football sometime let's go toss the pigskin around wait wait yeah but like this this puts dennis out of commission for like a really good chunk. Yeah, he's in the fucking it. hospital for weeks. And uh yeah, like I don't know, we 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 get a lot of Christine murders in the meantime when he's just kind of helpless. Uh oh yeah, okay. So I mean the first time Christine murders uh here's what happens. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dennis is playing football at the big football match. Arnie and Lee Cabot show up to this game and are making out on the hood of Christine while watching... Well, they're not watching the game, but the game is going on. Dennis sees this, gets smoked. That sucks. Meantime, the fucking bullies, Buddy Repartin and Moochie Williams or whatever his fucking name is and the other stupid idiot, uh, they notice Cunningham... Arnie Cunningham, that's his name. Arnie Cunningham. Cuntingham, I think they call him. Which, actually, now that I think about it, using the word cunt in a 1986 American movie is, like, pretty, like, saucy language. Um, yeah. Wait, do they actually say that, or am I making that up? No, that, that, that was... I definitely had the, like, the what? Yeah, yeah, like, I used to hate that word so much, and now I've become so desensitized to it that I didn't even really pick up with the fact that, like, holy shit, they called him cunting him. Uh, trigger warning for all you uh, people who don't like the word cunt. Sorry about that. <laughs> Shuffle the audio around. In any case, they see Arnie in this fucking rad car making out the hottest chicken on campus, uh, and they devise a plan to go and destroy Christine. And then they do that. 
you mentioned earlier i'm not a car guy i think at this point in my life my dream car is a 2018 honda civic (laughs) i want a 1994 toyota pickup truck four by four that's my dream car I, i can appreciate that yeah I, you know, I, I like things that look nice. Sure. Watching this car get totaled is such a hard watch. Dude, honestly, this is one of the most horrific scenes I've seen in any film. Like, it straight up made me sick to watch what they did to this car. Like, like I... you, you could, you could, it's, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense, but you could feel the car's pain. Like, it felt like you were watching people torture an animal. You know? Yeah, like, I... Ugh. Yeah, it's it's definitely not as bad as when someone injures or kills a dog in a movie. But of course. But it's far too close. It, it, I think that they just did such a... Uh, 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 like, they, they did such justice to bringing Christine to life. Yeah, even at this even, point, like we don't even see her with her like real life capability or not real life, but you know her like life like capabilities. But even so, even so, you see, you just watching them tear her apart. Just you could see somebody killing an animal to death slowly. It's like watching someone uh, shoot a unicorn. Sure, <laughs> shoot a unicorn with a bunch of hammers, like. <laughs> It was atrocious. And then, when you hear that somebody took a shit on her dashboard, like, that detail... And actually, I think this scene, of all the scenes in the film, this scene did justice to the book. I think it was just as visceral and just as disgusting and heartbreaking as you read in the book. Because, I don't know if we've established this yet, but Christine... uh, Arnie is obsessed with this car. Like this car is oh. his life. They they do an amazing job of setting up like like the exact feeling he has towards it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it was, it authentically hurt to watch. Yeah, it it felt terrible. I I I feel like like man like I was adjusting my like my physical positioning. Like I I just couldn't be comfortable. For it, I I had my hand over my mouth the whole time, with my mm. mouth agape. Again, incredibly like ten out of ten baked, but even so, it it looked terrible. Yeah, I think it is. It's exactly what you said. With like, even though Christine is evil, they do such a good job of bringing life to the to the car as though it's a character, and now it's like it just feels helpless. Like she's just in park can't do a thing yeah you're you're watching people torture a defenseless creature mm-hmm. and we don't uh, even know that she's necessarily evil at this point we just kind of get the feeling that maybe she's got a little bit of like sauce she's a little saucy real real ginger spice yeah i guess i guess she's scary spice <laughs> oh she's scary the 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 way that arnie reacts to seeing her too like this is also um as as he and lee are coming to the garage and when he witnesses the destruction of christine they've already had these relationship problems and he has been like okay 
I know that I'm obsessed with this car. Like, she thinks that... This car has already tried to kill her, actually, at this point. Kind of glossed over the fact that uh, this car tried to kill her already. Yeah, and she she actually... I'm pretty sure she, she's been bringing it up with Arnie that she does not like the car. Yeah. And she and doesn't like that... She doesn't like that he is so obsessed with the car. And then he kind of gaslights her a little bit and is like, what, are you jealous of my car? I'm not. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> lucky boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, the... I mean, don't get me wrong. I would probably be pretty chapped if I saw my car in this state, but uh, respond well. Like, I'm pretty sure she tries to calm him down and he just. Oh, yeah. He, tell, he tells her to, like, basically fuck off and fuck you. Yeah, I think that he actually does. Yeah, I think he, some, like, he says, like, fuck you, you stupid bitch, or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. It's over. And do, do you recall, like, the, does Christine start kind of fixing herself up pretty prompt after she leaves? I'm, that... I'm almost positive uh, from my hazy memory that this is the scene where, like... Arnie, Arnie's freaking out and he's looking around and he he's like like trying to figure out what to do to fix her and then he notices that like something like she he, he already know obviously okay we haven't established the fact that as he's been fixing this car up it's clearly been fix, fixing itself as well like we see the odometer run backwards we see like there's no possible way that he could have possibly fixed as much as he has in the short amount of time that he's been working on it, even if he was doing it all day, every day. And he is working on it all the time, but there's no way he could have done that work. And then we finally see this scene where the car starts knitting itself back together. And I think this is the scene where we get these awesome effects where it was clearly the car was crushed and then they reversed the footage to, to show like the car building itself back together. I feel like that, how would they have crushed the car? Well, how else would they have done the effects? Well, but, like, would you have needed things on the inside? Yeah, I'd say like, so. What... There's probably, like, a bunch of pistons and shit inside that, like, crunch the car together. Or they, like, crunch it from somewhere that is out of camera shot. Because we really, we only see, like, either a side view or, like, a very extreme close-up on the grill and stuff like that. But in any case, however they wondering... do... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was, I was just saying, like, I, I was really, like, blown away with, like, I, I don't know how they achieved that, but yeah, yeah, sorry. It, it just, it looked incredible. It was is visually probably my favorite part of the entire film, and the most, like, other than the cool music that we get for a bunch of scenes, this is the most John Carpenter part of the film, uh, visually. Just, like, the way that this car knits itself back together is fucking so rad. It's such, like, a nice thing to look at, and... For me, like the, the, this whole bit when the car repairs itself, and then additionally the the following scenes. This this is really one of those films where Christine is the villain, or at least one of the villains. But I find it's almost hard not to root for her well, in, a, in a weird like 
She just feels so special. She, and she, well, she is special. She's a magic fucking car, dude. I mean, she might get a little jealous of people and stuff like that and try and kill them and, and, and succeed in killing them, but she, she is a special car, man. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a it's a joy to watch her work, you know. Yeah, like I, I mean, after and... so after her destruction, um, we see. Uh, I think I think this, we we already talked about this kill, so we don't need to go in depth in it. But we see the fat kid Moochie just out and about, and then he sees this car uh, waiting for him somewhere that I can't remember exactly where. But we uh, is this the one where he sees the car? And then he walks, like, he walks, and there's, like, this this concrete divider between he and the car, so he can't see it for a minute. And then he comes around the other side and sees it again. And then as soon as he and the car make, quote-unquote, eye contact, then it revs up and starts chasing him. Yeah, that sounds very accurate. That scene was so fucking cool. And, um... You can totally, I think you see it with him and you see it with Buddy Repperton as well later on. Uh, you totally, like, you get their incredulity. Like, we just totaled this car. Like, there's no way this car could possibly, A, be fixed. B, there's no way that it could be fixed by now. And all of a sudden, it's, like, back on the road in mint condition. Oh, and, like, yeah, just the, the 180 on his verbal response. Like, hey... Arnie, like we're sorry, we're cool, yeah. right? That's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> the fact uh, that one of them took a shit on the dashboard is just like the ultimate disrespect. Were I to see that in one of my vehicles, I it, it would break my heart. All right, okay, let's get back on business here. We we've been I feel like we've been recording for three hours. Basically, we watch these bullies get slaughtered. Yeah. We get two one. for one in one of the cars. That's also a wicked... Like, man, the, the 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 pacing of this film is great, and it also ramps up really nice. Oh, I just remembered this is where the gas station scene is. Uh, gas bar. Yeah. Yeah. This is where... Yeah. I'm sure... Is there another kill between this and... There Gigi isn't. Or... No, there isn't. But, um, you know, again, uh, I think that in the book we have enough time to delve into the kill by kill by kill by kill where like every single one of the people who like did christine wrong like you really you really like get the meat of the of the kill whereas these ones feel a little bit more like surface level but even so uh fucking Mm -hmm. say every time i say that even so um you get enough you like that gas bar scene was fucking sick i I think that was my favorite scene for visuals like the the car repairing itself is just wicked in terms of i don't know how they accomplished it but this is like christine like rams basically like you know some dude scurries into the automotive section of a gas bar and christine just like shoves herself in after him gas is leaking everywhere and i can't remember what starts being, like th- th- there's a a f- open flame somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember. But either way, the, the the station blows up, and the 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 forty year old bully <laughs> is just like staring with shock and awe. 
assuming that everyone in there is dead, but then Christine backs out and because like, everyone at this point assumes that Arnie is driving the car. Yes, because the the windows are blacked out. Yeah, so you can't. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he shouts his name, maybe, but like the car just covered in flames. Yeah, that scene was so oh. fucking cool. Oh my god, that looked cool. And at first, I was kind of upset because they don't actually show the burning. No, we get a burning corpse under. She drives over him, and then he's just a burning corpse. Oh, okay. It's really like subtle and quick, but we do see his body. Okay, cool. Because yeah, I was gonna say like I, I all I know is that it was just very brief, mm-hmm. but just like the, the 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 whole scene was just awesome. I mean, that's the guy that you really want to like see him get his just desserts. Like you want to see his his death more than any of the other bullies. But at the end of the day, at least you see him. Like you know that he's gone. He led a full life, so it's hard to feel too bad. Uh, and I, I think it's... I'm willing to say it's after this. Maybe it's sometime in between was, uh, when Arnie has that scene where he's driving around with Dennis. Uh, but he... Like, Dennis does confront him, and he's, like, letting him know that he's super not vibing. Because Arnie wants to toast to something really... Well, he's drinking and driving. He's drinking and driving, but he also like, proposes a cheers over, like, punishing people who have, like, done him wrong or something. Like, he, he phrases it very... Yeah, it's essentially, like, the, peop- the people who, like, fucked him over are dead now, so they're not gonna have to deal with... Or, like, th- they don't have to worry about them anymore or something something yeah. in that vein. And Dennis is just, like, nervous. They're like, man, I, I, can't, I can't drink to that. Like, I kind of don't want to drink at all, but... You're in the driver's seat. Yeah. You're going pretty quick, so I don't really want to piss you off. Well, this is another part where the context of the books really like comes into play. So, uh, from what I recall, like you, you get the perspective of Dennis, where he, um, he sees Arnie taking on more and more and more of the personality traits of the former owner of the car, um, okay, and cool. like becoming way like he basically because he starts calling people shitter, which. Uh, we see in this film as well, but it's not really remarked upon. But like that term is something used by uh, LeBay. That's the guy, the old guy's name. Um, and then uh, Arnie begins to like take on his um, mannerisms. Um, but then you also get Dennis like not wanting to get on his bad side, especially when he's in Christine, because he knows he kind of gets the feeling that as insane as it is. If Christine hears him talking about about her, she'll probably try and kill him. Yeah, like that's terrifying, dude. It's a nice car. He's <laughs> like writing a note or something. Uh, and and I I think that uh, in the book, the dude that owned the car before him, like he was abusive to his wife, wasn't he? Yeah, and he also like loved the car far more than his wife. Yeah, because uh, there are. Yes, I remember that. But there's also a few scenes with Arnie, like j- just aside from the people who we- we've discussed him being abusive to, he like borderline like beats up his dad. Yeah, I, like his dad kind of like puts a hand on him first, but he gets super aggressive. Oh yeah. I also like the the way that they did the makeup on Arnie's face. Like he- he's got kind of the. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember 
how Christy Swanson looked. Deadly, in Deadly Friend. Friend. Yeah. Like yeah, just with like, the dark circles. Month. Yeah. Yeah, like they they gave him like that, that subtle little zombie esque. Hell yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I don't know. I thought like the the climax of this film was pretty dang cool. I was almost prepared to be underwhelmed because I, I was getting the vibe that it was going to be over in like a in a flash. Yeah, they did get but, some good mileage out of it. They got yeah, they got some. And yeah, like the the whole thing was just structured really well because um, so like Dennis gets out of the house, Lee's starting to become a bit more of a character at this point. Still, yeah, like, uh, as you were saying, I'm sure not as developed as she was in the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they're kind of like a gruesome twosome at this point. Like, you know, they're... I don't think that they've... Down. Have they started dating at all in this? Did they ever start dating in the film? I, I don't think that they ever officially start dating. They just okay. kind of imply that there's chemistry there. They, they just, like, wait at the, the automotive shop or whatever. Uh, yeah, with... at the uh, do-yourself garage. Um I can't remember the name of it. But, uh... It's Darnell's garage. Oh, it is, it's just that makes sense. Yeah, it's the the old guy, Will Darnell. This is uh, what was that show on TV back in like the early two thousands where like the robots would fight? Battlebots. Battlebots. Robot Wars. Something like that. Yeah. There it's... were two shows. Oh, oh, those are both. Robot Wars and Battlebots. Battlebots is my personal favorite. Either way, like that's those types of shows were like the vibe I was getting here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got like the the really quick small one. And there's like the big one that's like you know it's got a lot of damage output, but it's super slow. Yeah. Uh, now we also at this point like what in this final confrontation we don't know if Arnie is in the car or not. It's just they're fighting Christine because they want to destroy Christine. They they, they did such a good job of like how they structured the place for Christine to be scary yeah. within it. it she so has enough it... room to maneuver because all the other cars are gone. Yeah. Um, but when chasing Lee, like she gets, she gets close so many times, like not quite, not quite, but it's just enough that like, I was pissing myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I really wish I wasn't on foot. <laughs> yeah. It really, it really like shows you how terrifying a car actually is. If you're a pedestrian. Yeah. And I think Arnie is revealed to us when Christine, like, crashes in to one of the walls and he flies through the windshield. Yeah, I think she crashes into an office or something and he flies yeah. out. Yeah, I'll just quickly atone and away I go. <laughs> <laughs> you get back here. Like the good Christian I am. On my way upstairs now. Well, peace out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, like, the final crushing of Christine when he like kind of like manages to grab the back of her with the machine and like roll over it. Oh yeah. And there was that first part where like he grabs the back of her and rolls up on her a little bit. And then she like starts rebuilding and like coming back to life again. And then he's like, nah, 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 nah. And then just like drives over on top of her and then back down and then back on top of her. Like, I like that we get enough of this like back and forth. Just like, okay, this is, done we are finishing this now again i think this is about the last time i'm gonna bring this up because we're at the climax of the film but this differs from the the book where in the book he rents a like a septic truck from some guy and uses that for the trap and it is like 
like basically a gigantic semi truck kind of thing and just like crushes Christine that way. Oh yeah, it's like a giant pink truck or something. Um and then for some reason in the film there's just a bulldozer at this scrapyard. So he uses that. Which again, it, it's not a huge difference. In the end it's a way to crush Christine. It's probably also a bit for the budget. Well yeah, we don't now have to see this scene where he goes off to another place, rents a truck from a guy comes back with this gigantic truck that would probably be damaged by crushing into a car instead of using a bulldozer, which is impervious to cars. Uh, yeah, I, I just... I love how much emphasis they put on like the like making sure that this car is crushed. Yeah. Uh, and the final scene in which she is... like In the cube? cube. Yeah. The cube uh, inning. It's also like... This is the type of film where I like this type of ending. It's like, you know, it does like this, the slow zoom and it shows just like one or two components with a little bit of movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's dead, but is she really dead? Yeah, given, given the tone of the movie, I really liked that last shot. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed Christine a lot. I thought it was a very, very hip 80s flick. Yeah, you know, it makes me wish that John Carpenter had done more Stephen King adaptations. Technically still time, but yeah, I I, I think back in the 80s it would have been nice to see him with his hands on a few mm -hmm. more. I, oh man, he, he probably could have knocked Cujo, uh, knocked Cujo out of the park. Yeah, I could see that. I could even see him doing like uh, a part one and part two of the Tommyknockers or something, which is still my favorite Stephen King story. Um, there is a mini series starring Jimmy Smith um, that exists, but uh, I'd love to see that become a film. Uh, maybe one one of these days someone will grab the IP and do something with it. But anyway, I digress. One thing that we just didn't really mention, but I think is really important. Like, yes, we talked a little bit about the um, the sort of oldies rock and roll music coming out of Christine, but the John Carpenter music in the like high stress scenes like i love the way he said because I'm, I'm sure that he's the one who did the music for those but like his tone setting with that kind of music it, it, it's uh, unequivocally just like su such the best such oh, the yeah. best uh yeah no the the actual like made for the film soundtrack was yeah loved it uh, but yeah, this um, I found this to be a really pleasant surprise. It was a, it it was a much better adaptation than I expected, and just like straight up as a movie, uh, perfect length, pacing was great, perfect amount of like corniness, like I don't know, I I, I it was it's a really fun time. Yeah, I, I uh, it exceeded my expectations. Hell yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it a uh, 81 cars cubed. Nice. Yeah, I'd, um, with the Carpenter effect and the fact that it's coming from a book and still managed to do, like, pretty good service to the book, I think I'd give it, like, uh, what did you say, Cars Crushed? I think I said Cubed. Cubed. Crushed. Cars Same Cubed. Thing. Anyway. <laughs> Broken Cars. Uh, I'm gonna give it a, I'll give it an 83. 83 Cars damaged in some fashion or another 
radical. Yeah. I nine, I'm pretty sure 1983. What? You, you saying that? I'm pretty sure the movie's 1983. I'm almost positive it's 86, but uh, I'll arm, arm wrestle you for it. I'll lose that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you're actually stronger than I am. Anyway, um, why, why don't we look it up? Why don't you just like you have a Google machine? Fucking. Futures in our pocket. The future is now, old man. Christine, nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. Okay. Go fuck yourself. All right. Good job, Cole. Apparently, it's an hour and fifty minutes too. So. Uh, wow. It felt we... felt a lot faster than uh, than that. Is uh, it I really that I... long? The time was perfect. Was... Yeah, the time was great. I I it felt like an hour and a half. Nothing dragged. Bonus points. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, I hope that the audio works on this, and uh, if it didn't, we just wasted all of our time. Um, if it did work, uh, and you have something to say about this episode, or any other episode uh, that we've released thus far, please, for the love of Christ, send us an email, cddlpod at gmail.com, or slide into our DMs at cddlpod on Instagram. Otherwise, you know, if you see us out and about, I hope you're wearing a mask. I hope you've been watching a lot of cool horror movies. We really appreciate you listening. We got a lot more to go here, you know.